You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. Watch the left field deep. Bam going back. Looking up. He will watch it fly. And 29 other MLB clubs. 2-2 pitch on Trout, and he blasts one. Way back. Goal for Yelich. Cody Bellinger hits one out. Pete so He's your home run derby champion. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From spin rate to juiced balls to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. You know, before we start talking some baseball, before we talk about the athletics and the Mariners and what's going around in Major League Baseball, I just wanted to say rest in peace, Ralph Barbieri. And my condolences and prayers go out to his family. Ralph was a longtime sports talk show host at KMBR. Really led KMBR in the forefront of being one of the top sports stations in the country. He always spoke his mind. He was controversial at times. He was the type of host that you either loved him or you hated him. But you listen to him, and the man got ratings. And he's one of the the he's one of the great sports talk show hosts, really, of all time. And I can tell you what a nice man he was off the air. And I'll never forget the conversation I had with him when KMBR. I got caught in a divorce. I got caught in a divorce between Tony Salvador and John London. And it's the old, we're not going to renew your contract. They were angry at me that I went with John London's agent. I basically got lost my gig based off picking an agent, which is not right. And later on, years, years later, I ran into Tony. We had a couple glasses of wine and we both admitted to each other that we were wrong. And it was nice to hear him say that he was wrong, but it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Because it led me to grow my career and to do more television and to get my own shows and be my own host and not just be part of a morning show. But what Ralph said to me on the way out, I'll never forget. He will be missed. The great Ralph Barbieri, rest in peace. All right, let's get into a a little baseball as we got a a fantastic show for you again today. Sarah Langs of MLB.com. You also hear her on Buster Olney's podcast every single week. Uh, She's one of the top researchers. She's a must follow on Twitter because she's got more baseball nuggets than anybody. She's going to be here at 3.30. Robbie Grossman, hot out of the gate, will be here at 4 o'clock. And then our second installment, Brought to you by nestbedding.com, the Bob Melvin Show at 4.30. So Sarah at 3.30, Robbie at 4, and Bob at 4.30. Commander, how are you? How was your weekend? Uh, it was a good weekend. Watching the A's t- so far take two or three from Seattle uh, with an offense that still hasn't shown up. But, hey, as uh, some have said, it's it's early. 
it's still early, so uh, we'll see how they bounce back. But other than that, it was a great weekend. I went up to the uh, the old spot, Beer Thirty, up there in uh, SoCal, up by Santa Cruz. That was that was cool on Saturday. But other than that, just working, watching a lot of baseball. So uh, glad to see the A's take two or three, and hopefully go for three or four today against the Mariners at six ten. Do you want to apologize to me now, or do you want to do it later in the show? Is it because I didn't invite you to Beer Thirty, or no? Oh, what am I apologizing for? Uh, for you and all these other guys who try and say batting average doesn't matter. Um, you can apologize now if you want. Oh wait. Okay. Hey, it's early. Uh, the A's have the worst batting average in the American League, and guess what? They're not scoring runs. This is proof. I wish I could be at a Sabre conference right now and I could stand up and say, this is proof. All around Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball right now as a whole is hitting 237. What's Major League Baseball struggling to do right now? Score runs. Strikeouts. They had this on MLB Now. Dr. Schwartz texted me this today. I got to find the text. 9.1 Ks per game at an all-time high. 237 batting average at an all-time low. So I'm trying to wrap my head around this. How do you score runs if you don't put the ball in play safely? How is it possible to score runs? Well, if you walk, get hit by pitch, sack flies. Oh, so we're going to walk four times in a row? <laughs> Drop down well, a bunt. <laughs> that's only if Shohei Otani's pitching, which, by the way, he's a disaster right now. Yeah, five walks yesterday, this, not good. This has been my point. If you don't hit home runs and you don't put the ball in play, there's literally no way to score. I mean, look how the A's scored yesterday. Ramon Laureano hit a home run. But they're not scoring runs at all, and they're batting 188. You go down the line, and the A's are struggling. It just goes to show when you're not getting base hits and you're not getting doubles and you're not moving guys around, you don't score runs. So this reliance on the three true outcomes, home run strikeouts and walks, you're striking out way more than you're walking. I had it in the postgame show yesterday. They had 11 punch outs and five walks. More teams are yeah, – and – Maybe Moneyball ruined this. I, I I haven't done the research, but it's very obvious in today's baseball. Guys are doing everything they can not to walk people. They're pumping strikes. So this, why do we want old man justice? Because he gets on base. Well, now they're pounding. Old, if David Justice is playing in 2020, they're pounding him. They're pounding the strike zone. That's what they're doing to Chris Davis right now. You're seeing strike one, strike two, strike three. Or strike one, strike two, maybe a ball, strike three. Chris Davis, they're, they're going right after him. He's down 0-2 or 1-2 all the time. They're pumping strikes. So if you can't hit, if you can't put the ball in play and get on base, you're in trouble. I mean, look, the run, there's, there's not a whole lot of runs being scored. Because balls are not being put in play safely. Not a whole lot of hard contact. You, you So this whole batting average doesn't matter. Well, 
you tell me how the A's are going to score runs if their batting average is going to stay around 188. I'll wait. I got two hours, Cody. So explain to me how the A's are going to score runs hitting 188. The one thing that I think the A's and other teams in baseball are getting too reliant on, and it's becoming obvious, is they're becoming too reliant on the home run. Now, we love home runs, especially me. I love home runs. It's I'd rather you you know have uh, four total bases than two because a four is better. Four is higher than two. Last time I checked, my California University of Pennsylvania education tells me that that number is better. But if you're not getting guys on base either for hits, walks, hitting, getting hit by a pitch, dropping out a bunt, which is actually a hit unless there's an error. And if you're not having anyone on base, you're not going to win. You're not going to score. Uh, that that's uh, obvious too. That that you don't need a college degree to figure that one out. And it's it's starting to become evident that a lot of teams like the A's are becoming too reliant on the home run. And you can be like the Yankees where you can become reliant on Aaron Judge hitting a home run every game because that's kind of what's happening for them. But, yeah, I mean, the, the batting average is a little alarming. And I know I'm a guy that doesn't really care about batting average because you can evaluate a player on so many other aspects. But when your team – collectively as your team, you're not hitting. When your leadoff guy – D. Gordon is a perfect example. He's a speed guy. He's hitting the ball on the ground for the Mariners. I see him pop the ball up more than I see him put the ball on the ground. Your job is to get on base, hit the ball on the ground, not hit home runs. If I wanted to hit home runs, I'll do that for Dan Vogelbach, or you do that for someone else in the Mariners lineup. Not your leadoff guys like J.P. Crawford and Malik Smith. Those guys are trying to hit too many home runs. Too many leadoff guys are trying to hit home runs now, and it's evident that it's not working, and it's and that's why you're seeing all these numbers. Like yesterday in the Reds game, Reds-Detroit game, the Reds brought a relie- or the Tigers brought a reliever in, Tyler Alexander. He struck out – the first nine batters he faced. I mean, that's incredible because nope. I mean, guys are it's all or nothing, home run or nothing for a lot of guys anymore. And, well, it's- and here, and here's the other thing though: the odds are, if you've got a crappy batting average, you're not hitting home runs because you're not hitting the ball hard. Yes, you can have some random Rob Deere kind of guys. I was uh, Mr. Outlier Joey Gallo is on the line. One. Joey Gallo, <laughs> but that's an outlier. Most guys who are hitting 200 or below aren't hitting home runs. Because they're not seeing it, and they're not making hard contact. Marcus Simeon, 205. Matt Olson, 133. Matt Chapman, 194. Chris Davis, .048. Austin Allen, .091. Murphy came in. Murph, .143. Kemp, 111. You've got in your lineup one, two, three, four, five, six, six guys hit for the A's yesterday that are hitting under 200. I mean, that's alarming. I mean, they got the win, which is great, and Chris Bassett is the first starter to get a victory. And the bullpen continue. I miscalculated, by the way, in the postgame show. I did the bullpen wrong. I think I had the bullpen at a 1.83 ERA. That's my San Jose State math. It actually is 1.79. Bullpen's been phenomenal. They've given up one run in 11 innings this series. Bullpen's been great. That's a shining. That is. That's a shining star right there of this team. And back-to-back good outings by Mike Fires and Chris Bassett. And hope you're going to get the same thing from Frankie Montas tonight, as Frankie struggled in his last start against the against the Rockies. But, man, only the Pirates have a worse batting average in baseball than the A's. So since they're in the National League, that means you have the worst batting average in the American League. And, by the way, it's not early. It's oh, August. 
I know. And when you, when you, it's funny you bring up the two different teams there with the Pirates and the A's. The the A's are trying to win win a division, win a World Series. The Pirates are trying to win the rocker, lighter sweepstakes out of Vanderbilt. So I'm I'm completely okay with the two teams I root for. You know, with di- obviously different uh, different directions are going this year. But the Pirates, if they if they have the worst batting average in the National League, whatever, I don't care. That's fine. Lose. But the A's, they're five and four, and I know that they're reliant on the home run too, because that's what we saw yesterday with Ramon Laureano. But that's not going to happen every game. Aaron Judge isn't going to have a home run every game for the Yankees, so you're going to have to score runs. Oh, wait, he, he may have 60 home runs. Uh, if he, I saw people saying that. It's actually kind of funny if he actually really – if he hits 30, that's uh, that's an incredible feat. And you mentioned Chris Davis. He's in the lineup today batting seventh for the A's versus Justice Sheffield. That just came down on the ML uh... – It's on Twitter, yeah. It's Simeon, Loriano, Canna, Chapman, Matt Olson batting fifth, Pinder, Davis, Piscotti, Murph. Sean Murphy batting ninth against Justice Sheffield, the lefty from the Mariners. Okay, guys hitting 205 or less in the lineup. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven guys are in the A's lineup. They're hitting 205 or or less. Simeon, no home runs. Matt Chapman with one. Matt Olson with one. Pender with one. These are all the guys hitting under 205. Steven Piscotti, zero. Davis, zero. Murph, one. And the the scary thing, I mean, it, it's gotten to a point where it's really scary. The, at, the A's designated hitter has combined for the lowest OPS in baseball. 199. That's your OPS. That's slugging and on, ace, and on base percentage is 199. This is a position that all you're all you're about is hitting. And I hate to bring up these numbers, and Cody and I have been tracking this with the help of the great Sarah Langs. But since Davis signed the contract, he's hitting 205, 13 home runs, 53 RBIs, 139 Ks. That's since April 18th. And then it gets worse. June 27th, he's hitting a since June 27th to yesterday, he's hitting a buck 76 with 82 RBIs. He's broken. This is not. This is not early. This is not. Oh, hey, he just needs to get a couple barrels on the ball. No. Did Sarah give us the stat on Chris? Uh, was that because we taped with Sarah the seventy-four percent? Was that yeah off the air or on the air? That was. Uh, I think that was on the air where he swings a seventy-four percent of the first pitch. First Folks, pitch. that's not good. Seventy-four percent of the time this season. Chris Davis swings at the first pitch, no matter what it is. That is just, I, I, I was, if my jaw could drop to the floor, it would have when she said, and we're gonna, she's going to have that for you coming up here at 3.30. So basically, he's just going up there, and whatever you throw, and wherever you throw it, 75% of the time, he's swinging at it, and he's missing it or fouling it back. That's zero discipline. I mean, this is looking at these numbers. You like, have they checked his eyes? I mean, what's going on? You know, last year, it's the hip or the hand. He's had ample time to get healthy. These numbers are disturbing. He basically can't hit anymore. I, 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 we were hoping Chris would be healthy. Chris gets back to being the, the, like the 40 home run guy. It's like adding a free agent. 
I mean, how much longer? I mean, honestly, if you're Bob Melvin, how much longer can you watch this? How much fit? What we got? Fifty-one games left. Is that where we're at? Yeah, they're five and four. Yeah, fifty-one. He goes out tonight and goes zero for four with two or three Ks. How many more times are you gonna are you gonna run him out there and not play other guys who are who are legitimately gonna give you a better chance to win? What was his batting average again? You said point something four. Point zero four eight. He's got he's one for twenty one. Okay, so maybe. Maybe I'm trying to find a silver – not a silver line. Maybe it's just a, an omen. Maybe it's the name, Chris Davis. Chris Davis of the Orioles is one for 13 this year. So uh, that name, the last year and a half, two-plus years almost, has not performed well for Baltimore they, and Oakland. They used to be MVP candidates. They were hitting 40 home runs each. Now they can barely hit 100. I know. I mean, it, it's 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 – it's I don't I don't know I I don't know what to do. All I know is the numbers are the numbers, and if you're not making contact, how you know it's one thing if you if you're just in a bad stretch and you've hit some balls just on the screws right at people. This is not I mean the, the strikeouts. It's just I mean I would love to see these team scouting reports on him because these guys these guys are getting on the mound and they're attacking him. Strike one, strike two. I mean, Chris Davis, Fossey and I talked about this in the pregame. Chris Davis is down 0-2 or 1-2 almost every at-bat. Pitchers are not afraid of him at all. They are challenging him. And he's got no answers. So, I mean, this, this, this I think you can say this is a pivotal, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Pivotal game for him in 2020. Come out tonight, maybe hit one out, couple base hits, hard base hits, not flares, and you'll be like, okay. But if he goes out tonight and strikes out and can't and barely make contact, I mean, what do you do? You're on a stretch of 30 games in 31 days. You have to play the hot hand. Robbie Grossman's been playing really well, even though people have criticized him. Mark Canna has to be in the lineup. Ramon Laureano has to be in the lineup. I want to see Chad Pender in the lineup. I mean, you got to put guys. I mean, I mean, I know it's it's horrible to say, but you got to put guys in the lineup who can make contact. And and this is for you know, Olson and Chapman. They're going to be allowed to work themselves out. But at some point, what do you do with Piscotti? I mean, we're not we're 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 nine games in. He, he has no home runs, no RBIs. Uh, it, it, this is going to be some tough calls for Bob. Remember, this is a team that wants to win the World Series. They're just not about making the playoffs. They want to win the World Series. I, I I wish everybody was raking, but you're seeing it around the league. Guys struggle now. Certain guys, like Cody Bellinger, is going to be allowed to work himself out of it. Some guys. And Ken Korak said it, the toughest thing about Chris is he's coming off a bad year. It'd be one thing if he had 40 home runs last year and he started out slow. The fact that he's coming off a bad year last year and starting like this, that's tough sledding. How about our old friend, Yoenis Cespedes? How about Jed Lowry, 
What what is up with these former A's? They leave the A's and then they just absolutely fall apart. Cespedes, they had to send security back to his hotel because he was MIA. And when they got to his hotel, he was gone. And then through his agent, he informed them that he's opting out. The story is weird. And Brody Van Wagenen, the general manager, used to be his agent. He's the one that got him these big deals. Let's hear from Brody Van Wagenen about Joanna Cespedes. Wanted to to give an update on Joanna Cespedes. First and foremost, uh, I'm glad to say and to hear that he is he's healthy and he's safe. Uh, and we we learned during the game today, late in the game, that uh, that he's decided to opt out of the remainder of the season for COVID related related reasons. Um, when we showed up to the ballpark this morning, uh, he was not here. He was not on site. We weren't uh, we weren't aware of why. Uh, we were able to uh, send a security team to the to the hotel, um, and then ultimately learned later that he was that he was healthy. He was not in any danger, and then ultimately has made the decision to to opt out of the season. Um, so I wanted to wanted to give everybody that update. Happy to answer any questions, but uh, but that's where where we are with the status of Ioannis at this point. I mean, a guy like G. I don't know if I'm buying that. So, something's going on. It's weird. It's really yeah, weird. It, it's, that's where my journalistic instinct comes in and goes, it's real easy to say, oh, I'm acting out. It's COVID. I, I, unless we hear why, I mean, if it is for COVID-19, what's, what's his issue with it? Why is he afraid not to play? Like, if we got an explanation, maybe. But the fact that the guy just packed up his bags and said, I'm out of here and went MIA. So, to me, my spite, my spider senses start going, yeah, this doesn't smell. This has got a smell to it. Yeah, and it's weird, too, because Brody went on the talk. I heard some of the audio earlier. He mentioned how he was disappointed in the way the contract played out. You signed the contract for him. You were his agent. The four-year, yeah. $110 million deal that Cespedes assigned four years ago, Brody Van Wagen and signed. So, yeah, you're disappointed. You were his agent. Now, Yo is going to be 35, I believe, in October. So, he'll probably still play. But I also was reading and hearing that they he was uh, being disgruntled with his playing time and all that stuff with the Mets. I mean, he looked good. There's two home runs he hit. They cr- He crushed the ball. And so, it looked like he was good. But I saw people talking about – yeah, he has the good upper body strength, but the lower body, he it's not maybe it's not all there, so he's not going to hit for a high average. Just just let him hit home runs. I mean, it, I mean that's essentially what you're paying him for now. He, I mean, yeah, he has a great arm in the outfield, but you have guys in Conforto and McNeil and and Nimmo and guys that can play in the outfield for you already. And you just got Billy Hamilton from the from the Giants. Don't know how that's going to play out, but the the Mets are struggling. They're two and seven. Pete Alonso's not hitting. I, the, Jacob DeGrom can't get a win. He might go the entire year without a win and probably still win the Cy Young. That's just how bad the Mets are for him. And he pitches you know, you, you know, with the A's, over the years, you know, people get, people get upset that the A's move on from players. But so many of these guys, 
they go they don't go on to greatness and you're glad you didn't pay him and you should be glad you didn't pay him who off the 2014 roster do you wish you still had no you can't let Yoannis go really Yoannis Cespedes has been a disaster since he left the A's Jed Lowry has been a disaster since he left the A's. I would say if I had to pick one, and you might have to play him at DH, it's probably Josh Donaldson. Correct. Donaldson was great last year. He was great with Toronto. He had the – was it 2018 where he played for Toronto and Cleveland, and he was meh. But last year he was a stud and awesome for the, the Braves where he hit the 30 – what, almost 40 home runs for them. He signs a major deal with the Twins this year. Um, God, they keep hitting home runs too. They might hit 308. Are you are you missing Evan Scribner? Uh, who are you are you, are, are, are you missing Josh Reddick? Reddick's had a good start, by the way. I'm not missing Jeff Samarja. Oh, well, first Giants pitcher to go five innings, and of course he allowed five runs in that game too. <laughs> Brandon Moss out of the league. Scott Casimir out of the league. I mean, John Lester's still pitching, but everybody hated Lester because of the wild card game. I mean, look at how many guys. I maybe Sonny Gray, but Sonny Gray was had a big downturn. He's kind of revived himself, but he was not throwing the ball well. Sean Doolittle, okay, but I mean, there's so many guys from this 2014 team that you're like, you're missing Alberto Caspo, uh, Angels legend. I don't think Derek Barton. No, oh, that's your guy. Serious. That's what I'm saying. When Billy Bean lets a guy go, I mean, look, look at some of the look at some of the guy. Mark Mulder, what did he do? Barry Zito. I mean, Hudson was pretty solid, like, but I mean, I wouldn't say he was a perennial Cy Young contender, but he was a good pitcher with the Braves. I'll, I'll give Huddy, but that's one out of the, the the other two of the big three. You're glad you didn't pay him big money. This is where clubs get into trouble. They pay big money and guaranteed money, and guys don't perform or they get hurt. And the A's don't have the – this is not the Yankees where you can have half your roster uh, be out and you're going to be okay. I I think that – I was looking it up uh, while you were talking about it. Sonny Gray this year, you're right. He had the bad year and the bad two years in New York, and then he was not bad in um, Cincinnati last year. So far this year. 12 and two-thirds innings pitched, 20 strikeouts, three walks, and ERA of .71. He's pitching tonight. He and Trevor Bauer and Luis Castillo, that Reds rotation is really good. But looking back at that AC, yeah, I mean, who, who are you going to keep? I mean, who else is on that? I mean, maybe you're well, right, maybe do a little bit. Here, this might be – I'm not sure Sonny can pitch in the bright lights. Not everybody can go to New York. Sonny looked lost there. He looked overwhelmed in the games that I saw, and he got racked. And remember, Sonny, at the end of his time with the A's, Sonny Gray was basically batting practice. He was getting lit up. And it was, I mean, it was scary how hard he was getting hit, like all the natural movement and all that kind of stuff we'd always talked about. You know, can't tell if his breaking ball is a slurve or a slider. It's just this guy's just, this guy's just dominant. 
Well, he had a 5.69 ERA. I mean, he had three dynamic, well, yeah, three dynamic years and then just couldn't get anybody out. <laughs> and it was scary. So sometimes you got to realize it's better to let people go. You know, Bill Walsh always said, let them go uh, too early instead of too late. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk to Sarah Langs from MLB.com right here on A's Cast Live. Paul Hembikides, also known as Hembo, was on A's Cast Live and explained why he likes the A's to win the American League pennant. I think the A's are the best team in the American League. I think the A's are the team in the American League that I'm most confident in. The the sort of ceiling floor um, equation that you have to do. Like, I don't think there's any arguing that the Yankees are probably more talented. But the Yankees have, in my judgment, a significantly larger downside because of the number of important players that have shown to be extraordinarily injury prone. You could argue that the Astros on paper have more top-end talent, certainly more top-end vets, but without Garrett Cole, and like who knows how good they'll be at hitting now that they don't know pitches are coming. You know, so there, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of moving parts this year, obviously, and making predictions in a 60-game season is a fool's errand. But like I've, I've demonstrated to you in the past with the numbers, the A's have started fully each of the last two years, and if they do that again, they obviously won't have the chance to get them. But the majority of each of the last two seasons suggests to me this is a team on the rise, as good as any team in baseball when you look at you know pretty much games you know 50, 55, 60 on. And so many of those players are still growing into themselves. To hear the full interview and much more, go to athletics.com slash podcast. Some things just go together. Peanut butter and jelly. Cookies and milk. Oakland and Kaiser Permanente. If that last one caught you off guard, it shouldn't. Because Kaiser Permanente has been helping keep Oakland healthy since our very beginning. And as the official healthcare partner of the Oakland A's, that won't be changing anytime soon. Whatever you may need, you can trust Kaiser Permanente to help keep you feeling your best. Kaiser Permanente. Thrive. Visit kp.org today. COVID-19 is more than a health crisis. It's a financial crisis for many California families. In this moment, you shouldn't have to worry about keeping the lights on. That's why at PG&E, we want you to know about our programs to reduce bills for customers facing economic hardship, that we've suspended all disconnections because of non-payment, and we can help you save money by using less energy. To learn more, visit safetyactioncenter.pge.com. Right now, staying connected is more important than ever, and fast, reliable internet from Xfinity can help. We have plans to fit every budget, with speeds up to a gig, all at Xfinity.com. We'll ship you a self-install kit on us to make setup quick, safe, and easy. No tech visit required. And our simple digital tools will help you manage your account online. At Xfinity, we're committed to keeping you connected. Find great offers and value today at Xfinity.com. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. Chevron and its brands are committed to reliably providing fuel to customers, even during an emergency. The safety and health of workers, customers, and the communities where Chevron operates are primary concerns. In Northern California, Chevron and Texaco stations are open for business, supplying quality fuels in a safe manner. This is Chris Townsend for the Chicken Pie Shop of Walnut Creek. During these horrific times, people still need to get food, and the Chicken Pie Shop of Walnut Creek does deliver. Give them a call at 925-322-8799. That's 925-322-8799. 
925-322-8799. Don't forget, their world-famous chicken pie and also all the other pies that they have you can freeze and have for a long time. So give the pie shop in Walnut Creek a call. You call them at 925-322-8799. And don't forget, you can also get beer, wine, and spirits with your delivery. And you can check out the full menu, Chicken Pie Shop wc.com that's chicken pie shop wc.com you don't need to understand how available adaptive variable suspension works or how pre-collision cameras detect pedestrians in low light you don't need to understand any of the craft that went into the lexus es to feel it with outstanding connectivity and standard lexus safety system plus 2.0 experience amazing at your lexus dealer LSS Plus 2.0 and the pre-collision system with pedestrian detection are not a substitute for safe and attentive driving practices. See owner's manual for additional limitations and details. Streaming from the town, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. Did anybody see the new news today? The Las Vegas Raiders have announced no fans for the season. Now, that also makes me put on my uh, my thinking cap. I mean, they didn't have to announce that today. Is the stadium really not ready? So it makes it easy for them to say, oh, we're just not going to have fans. And then all of a sudden, they don't have to answer any questions about the stadium being ready. It's a good, that's a good thought because uh... – I mean, a lot of people have been thinking about the stadium being finished or not anyway, and I read the statement that Mark Davis sent out, and I love the, the end of the line you always mention. The greatness of the Raiders is in our future. And the greatness just, is always in the future. Yeah. Even though they're 0-14 against a playoff team since John Gruden took over, they have not beaten one playoff team. <laughs> it's like Matthew Stafford. He can't win against playoff teams either. Oh, man. So that's first NFL team to now say no fans. I I just I, I honestly I, I will believe we're going to have a football season when a ball is kicked off college or pro. I mean, it's just it's going to be so hard. I mean, look, you have one slip up of protocol. The Marlins showed us this. The Cardinals have showed us this. And I don't want to read anything about people saying, Oh, the players went out, but that's not how they got COVID. I get so tired of people making up excuses of why people don't get COVID when they're basically going against what the CDC and Dr. Fauci and everybody's saying. They're saying, don't be in crowds, especially with people you don't know and you don't know where they've been. Wear a mask, like all this kind of stuff. No one's saying you should go to bars. You should go to clubs. You should go to strip clubs. You should go to casinos. You should go down to the hotel bar. I haven't, I've seen so many press conferences. I've read all this stuff. I haven't heard one time did they say, go to a club. Have you, Cody, or did I miss that speech? Uh, I haven't seen that either. I mean, I guess, I guess I'm not reading the right. Uh, the sophisticated enough uh, writing of people if they're putting that in there somewhere because I haven't seen anything like that anywhere through any of the publications that I read. Yeah, I I didn't hear anything about a gentleman's club being an an essential business that you can go to because you want to get chicken wings. 
Oh, uh, the great Lou Williams of the Clippers. That's the NBA bubble, but that, that, that that's a that. great story. <laughs> I mean, the politicians, they were, they were in a tough spot with, with all the protests, so they had to, like, lay off the protests. But everywhere else they told you, do not be around. Don't go to the beach. Now, they didn't say, go. hey, now you know what? Go down to the hotel bar. They didn't say that. So if you have a couple slip-ups in the end, I mean, now you're dealing with a lot more guys. That's the other thing is you're dealing with a lot of people. And if one guy breaks protocol and goes walking into the locker room and that thing, they're going to be on. You can't build a big, big enough locker room. They're going to be on top of each other. They're going to be hitting each other, practicing with each other. I mean, I just I'll believe football when, when I see it. I mean, baseball, we've had a couple hiccups, but for the most part, teams have done a really good job. And that's why, you know, we've praised Dave Cavill and David Forrest and Billy Bean and Bob Melvin and all the other executives and medical staffs of all these other teams who've done a, they, you know, they're in uncharted territory. You know, I've talked to my doctor about it. My doctor was one of the first to treat COVID patients uh, in February in Santa Clara County. And he talked to me how, you know, they're hearing that, you know, the virus could be mutating. And we talked a little bit with Sarah Langs about that off the air because her mom is an infectious disease doctor in New York. So there's still stuff going on that we need to learn about the virus. So for these teams who are doing it right and staying by protocol and being safe and you know, you'll hear from Robbie Grossman coming up here at four o'clock. It sounds like for the most part, A's players, you wake up, stay at the hotel, social distance on the bus, go to the game, play the game, come back to the hotel. No going out. Here is my cut. By the way, Sarah Langs is, she's so nice and she's so good. And she is a must follow on Twitter at S Langs on sports. If you're a baseball fan, she's a must follow. Here's my conversation with Sarah. Well, Sarah, it is great not only to hear you, but it's great to see you. How are you? Yes, it's great to see you and hear you. I'm doing well. You know, we have baseball back. I've watched every single game of the season so far. I'm proud of that. So, you know, going to keep that streak up as long as I can. So um, let's start with your Mets. Jed Lowry can't get on the field, and Yoenis Cespedes disappears and then claims he's opting out. What's going on with our former A's there in New York? Yeah, it's – I mean, there are a couple different things going on, as you you alluded to. Obviously, some injury issues. The Jed Lowry thing has been going on his entire Mets career at this point. Not in – you know, eight plate appearances in September last year, and that's it. The Mets also can't hit with runners in scoring positions. So, I mean, take all of the other stuff aside. There's a lot of on-field problems in terms of how the team is looked. Pete Alonso has only a handful of hits this year. He had the one big screaming home run over the monster. But other than that, he hasn't really hasn't really done much. And the Cespedes, I mean, that was just a, it's just a weird turn of events. You know, I, I felt like the way that it all played out was just pretty confusing and I'm not sure we even know exactly what happened in what sequence of time. Well, our, our guy Brian Kinney today on MLB Now talked about how 9.1 strikeouts per game at an all-time high and batting average 
in the game is at an all-time low at 237. So we've had a lot of people like my producer, Cody, who says batting average is overrated. Uh, well, now you see what happens when batting average doesn't work and balls don't get put in play. You, you have a hard time scoring runs. Yeah, I think that everyone expected uh, runs per game to be way up this year with the designated hitter in the National League and just that like injection into the offense. But the runs per game right now is a little bit below what it was last year, significantly so. I think it's about half a run. And it is pretty, pretty jarring to see that league-wide batting average. Obviously, you know, batting average is not the only thing, but it is certainly notable when across the league we're on pace for the lowest batting average in the season ever. And when we're on pace to set the strikeout record again, which has happened every season since I think it's either 2007 or 2008. And I think that a lot of people thought that this season might look different just because of the long layoff that players had and everything else. But it really feels like we're in one of those pitching is ahead of the hitting right now. And at this point that could end up being half the season because the season is two months. Yeah. It's, it's like pitching's just not ahead of the hitting pitching is dominating the hitting. Yeah. I mean, Shane Bieber, right? Like he, he's done all that. That is not to take away from him whatsoever, but he's literally done something that nobody else has done since 1954. And that's the only other guy to do it ever with 27 strikeouts in his first two starts. And obviously Carl Spooner, that was in September, whole different thing anyway. But the fact that he's come out and there have been so many great pitchers to make two starts in a season and start a season off over the course of time, right? Randy Johnson, Pedro Martinez, none of these guys ever did that. The fact that Shane Bieber is out there doing that in part just shows me where we're at with strikeouts right now. Yeah, it kind of scares me with the A's because you look at the box score and you just go down the line and so many guys are scuffling. But the one that is just, we're, we're at a point where we really have to ask some questions here. And you've really helped us out with Chris Davis I mean, these numbers are beyond alarming how bad he's been dating all the way back to last April. Yeah, I mean, that batting, I mean, I feel like Cody and I have been texting about that every single night of the season. And, you know, the batting average keeps going down. The strikeout total keeps going up. And it's really, really concerning. I mean, he's such a fun player to watch. And it's, you know, everyone loves the 247 thing. Talk about batting average. That's not a great one. But everyone also loves to see him hit 40 home runs. And the fact that he's not doing that, and I mean, I'm just looking at his StatCast page right now, and there are these little uh, sliders on the top of the page with his rankings in different categories, and almost everything is blue. Blue is low, red is high. This is a guy who two or three years ago would be in the red categories for pretty much everything. Exit velocity, hard hit, everything else like that. Expected slugging barrel rate. And now he's just, I mean, he's whiffing a ton, striking out a ton and just not, not making contact. Yeah. It's, 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 we talked about it yesterday on the pregame show and the postgame show. And I'm going to talk about it a lot on today's show is how pitchers are just going right after him. And you're seeing him get down. Oh, two, one, two, almost every single at bat to where two, three, four years ago, pitchers were scared to come in and challenge him. They're just coming right after him. The scouting report's out there that he is struggling to make contact and you get ahead and he's done. He's swinging at 74% of first pitches. That is an insane number. Like, I'm thinking about Javi Baez, who swings at a lot of first pitches, and Jeff McNeil, who swings at a lot of first pitches. And yes, it is early, and yes, it is a small sample size, but you're talking about almost 75% of the time he swings at the first pitch. I mean, I would probably be able to get on a mound and know how to pitch to that guy. Obviously, I can't throw hard <laughs> enough, and I would hurt myself, and a lot of other things. But if you know 
that you have a three-fourths chance that he's going to swing at that first pitch. I mean, put it right down Broadway right there to start. I mean, that's incredibly concerning. And, you know, we see guys get off to bad starts all the time. Christian Yelich is also off to a bad start. I'm less concerned about Christian Yelich because underlying numbers and everything else, we know what kind of hitter he is. But for a guy like Chris Davis, who's relied so much on that power stroke, I think that this is really concerning. And he's always been a bit of a free swinger. And for that to be intensifying even more with this lack of success is really concerning. You know, for the first time in uh, quite a few years, the Astros look vulnerable. I mean, they're still five and four. The A's are five and four, but they're definitely not the same team. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I, I a lot of people are picking the A's. I mean, they were a sneaky, fun pick to win the division. You know, everyone was like, maybe this Astros thing is over. And a lot of people are picking them to finally win that playoff series and get deep into the postseason. And I've just been, as someone who loves to see every team have their day at some point, you know, over the course of a couple of years, I've been disappointed because I wanted the A's to really take advantage of how the Astros have looked, and they haven't yet. You know, I, there's still time. I think that they still could, but... Both of these teams being five and four is not what anyone what anyone expected. And I think the Astros will probably figure it out. But obviously the Verlander injury, we don't know. I mean, I think the reports were that he was out for the year. Then he disputed that. We don't know what's going on there. And we haven't had an update since I think that was opening day or uh, a couple days after opening day. But, I mean, they're definitely in a different kind of position. And I don't know if you guys have talked about, but all of the rookies they have on that pitching staff. Yeah. I mean, I think they have, what, 12 rookie pitchers right now? Some, something crazy. And it's not close to a record yet or anything like that because you ultimately see those with teams that are really bad in a season. But it's not what you expect out of this Astros team, and it's not the Astros that we've known now since 2017. And I got to tell you, you know, we're all playing out West here and looking at the NL West, I, I can't tell you how impressed I am with the Colorado Rockies who start the season on the road during a pandemic, right? I mean, yeah. we started at home. I thought that was a gift. I mean, you got to get on a plane, you got hotels, you got buses, you're going to the two states that are total hotspots in Texas and California. We have the most cases out of anybody. Um, which not a lot of people are talking about and you have a great road trip and now you go back home. I mean, the Rockies at six and two, I mean, you have to be impressed. Oh yeah. I mean, ultimately it always comes down to the pitching with them, right? I mean, the seasons that have been the best for them in franchise history have been when they've been able to pitch at Coors Field, which is always the question. And they were leading the majors in ERA entering Friday. And I looked it up and it was five games into the season for them. They'd only had one season in franchise history where they led the majors in ERA, even five games into a season. And of course, every single reply to that tweet was, oh, they haven't played a course yet. But then they went out and they played really well over the weekend, you know, and they showed that that's not just what's going on here. Kyle Freeland looked really good. He was using his changeup. It was just a whole different kind of Rockies team. Ultimately, I don't know if I think that they necessarily even end up making the playoffs here, but I do think that this is a really great start for them. I don't think anyone saw this coming. I mean, the team that people wanted to put as the sneaky good team in that division was the Padres, who got off to a really great start and then faltered a little bit, playing the Rockies, obviously. Um, but I think the Padres are a team that we sort of expect to be good next year. I don't know if the Rockies are quite there, but it's been fun. I mean, it's just fun to see teams that you're not expecting do well. So, looks like the Marlins are going to get going again here. Uh, we're going to have to see these seven-inning doubleheaders because, you know, you look at what's happened with St. Louis now. Um, 
as they've had the players test positive, it really kind of irks me as everybody's trying to do the right thing and knowing a couple franchises haven't done the right thing and they've broken protocol. But uh, I, it'll be good to see the Marlins get going again. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that every single day is a test with all of this. And every day we've seen different things happening with all of these different teams, especially in the last week and a half now. We had the Marlins and the Phillies related, and then that affected the Yankees. And then, you know, we have the Cardinals and all of this that's happening. But, I mean, I think it's a good sign that the Marlins are in a position where they feel like they're going to be able to play those games in Baltimore and, you know, get back to playing. And, you know, we'll see. And they've made a couple little trades. I know that they traded for Richard Blyer and I want to say another pitcher, though I can't remember who it was. So we'll see, you know, what their roster looks like compared to what it looked like earlier in the year. I know they called up a couple of guys, but ultimately that if this is going to work, these kinds of things are going to need to happen and that teams are going to have to be able to bounce back in some way. So it's, it's a good step, I suppose. What is the biggest shocker for you so far, good or bad? Oh, wow. Um, biggest shocker. I mean, I was pretty surprised by the starts by Bellinger and Yelich. I know Yelich now hasn't played in a handful of days and Bellinger homered yesterday. So hopefully he's now on a better pace, but I mean, those are our NL MVPs the last two years and they've, I mean, Yelich has had two outstanding seasons, you know, if not for getting hurt last year, he's probably even more in that NL MVP race last year. And just seeing both of them hitting in the 100s, having negative war on fan graphs. Yelich at one point, he might still be, was tied for the least war among all position players on fan graphs with Hunter Pence. I mean, that's not where we expect Christian Yelich to be. And that's not where he's been at any point in this Milwaukee career. So I think those have been some surprises, but you know, positive surprises. Padres have been a ton of fun to watch. I really didn't expect them to necessarily be here yet. And I don't know if they completely are, but it's really fun while it lasts. How about Aaron Judge in your neck of the woods? Oh they home run every game. I know. Did you see that? This His second home run last night was incredible. 468 feet, just screaming off the bat. I mean, it's been so much fun. And I don't know. I hope he gets to eight. I hope he gets to nine. You know, like, why not? That would be the record. Obviously, eight is the record it's shared. But uh, it's fun. And the Yankees have been so good. I mean, we knew they would be good. But it's still really exciting to see how good they have been. And, you know, I know people might have whatever opinions. Oh, the Yankees are good. But it's it's good for baseball when the Yankees are good. There's no doubt. What is it? It's Mattingly, Griffey. Who, yes. who are the guys who have hit in eight straight? One second. Sorry to put you on the spot. No, no, you're good. Oh, uh, Dale Long. Yeah, Dale Long, right? I, w- I would not have. I just know Mattingly and Griffey. Straight games, home run, stamp. Yeah, I believe that's what it is. That's right. Dale Long of your 1956 Pittsburgh yep. Pirates. If yep. you remember what a great year that was in 1956. I remember when Mattingly did it. And then yeah. when Griffey was doing I mean, that's, that's truly amazing. Eight straight games, they hit it over the wall. It's amazing. It's incredible, but then you watch Aaron Judge come to the plate every day, and you're like, oh, yeah, he's going to do this in 15 straight games. I mean, <laughs> there was no doubt in my mind when that game started last night that he would hit at least one home run. And I know they're facing the Phillies now, who I think are better than the Red Sox. Obviously, the Red Sox pitching has been a big concern. But, I mean, yeah, he's going to take Jake Arrieta deep, you know? You heard it here first. Well, I, and I got to think people are happy with the way Garrett Cole has started. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, he's been, as advertised, he's been exactly what they expected, and they have one loss. I mean, this is what you put this team together for, and you have to hope that everything works out. Obviously, this isn't the season that you put this together for because nobody knew the season was going to be 60 games, and nobody knew everything that would be going on. But, I mean, it's every win is a win. They're off to tied for their best start in franchise history. They've only gotten to 8-1, and which would be if they win tonight twice 2003 and 1988 so you know i mean i don't they'll lose at some point but i'll believe it when i see it well i, I keep trying to tell everybody and you, you know with our old school people they oh it's early i'm like no it's not early it's a two-month season what do you mean no. there's nothing early about this at all no there's no early i mean you know people keep putting in these things of what every game is worth like 2.7 whatever the math is you know and even if you don't do that, I mean, just think about the postseason starts probably October 1st around then, right? Season ends September 27th. Think about how soon that is. I mean, that, that tells you all you need to know. It's not early. And every every little stretch and streak, whether a team is playing well or not playing well, is going to have a really big impact on the entire season. So much more so than what we're used to in March and April. And we have no clue what our world is going to look like when September ends and October and the playoffs start, I just know this. I'd rather be at home than be on the road. Yeah, yeah, no, we'll see. I think that there are going to be a lot of sports decisions over these next few months. I mean, I'm very interested to see what happens with football, college football and pro football. I think that, you know, we're the NBA and NHL MLS seems to be in a separate boat. They're in those bubbles. They're down in Orlando and up in Canada. It's, it's different, but uh, I don't know. I, you know, NFL is going to have to make a decision before we get to our postseason. So I'm interested to see how everything reflects on it itself. Yeah. The Raiders already said today, no fans in their brand new stadium. Mm-hmm. Now kind of fishy to me, maybe the stadium's not completely ready yet. So it's easier <laughs> to make that decision. But uh, the Raiders are the first team to say no fans. Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised. I'm the daughter of an infectious disease doctor. I'm not surprised. But, you know, I know that a lot of people have trouble, you know, just processing that fact or understanding how that decision can be made a couple months in advance like this. But I I would imagine, again, knowing absolutely nothing about the NFL decision makers or anything else, that we're going to see those kinds of statements coming out I know a couple teams have said stuff like no more than 20% capacity and all of these other things so I think fans are starting to grasp the idea that it's going to be different but I mean at this point you we've been watching like what four professional sports all operating without fans in the stands depending on what you're tuning into so I think that seeing it on tv is probably making people understand it a little bit more but I also know that taking away people's football is like on another level and I'm a baseball fan, so it's just different for me. So before you get out of here, just how are things in New York? Because we know at one point the way COVID was was all through New York, New Jersey, and the deaths and all the positive tests and then the protest and the stuff we were seeing on television. How is New York City doing? I think New York City is doing well. Um, I know that Connecticut, just outside, is I think right now the only state that's actually on track to contain COVID, at least as of the moment, and hopefully that sort of uh, energy and positivity spreads to the rest of the tri-state area. But I think I think it's doing well. I mean, you go outside, you see a lot of people with masks. You you get the sense that a lot of people are taking this seriously and really trying to look out for others, which is the most important thing. Um, it's certainly not that, you know, very dire situation that it felt like, especially at the end of March and in April. 
Well, it is wonderful to see you. It's wonderful to read you. It's wonderful to hear you with Buster only. Uh, don't be a stranger. Let's let's uh, talk again soon. Yes, please. And thank you so much. Great to see you guys. And just, yeah, great to talk baseball. No doubt about it. We're still talking baseball. We're playing baseball. And A's are playing tonight looking to take three or four with Frankie Montas on the mound. He's got a rebound after losing five to one uh, to the Rockies. I mean, he gave up two runs in five innings. I mean, that, if your team's only going to score one run, what are we talking about? <laughs> you know what I mean? Whoa, 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 whoa. If you're going to, if we're going to start this, you got to, it all goes back to Jacob DeGrom and him only, you know, you got on him for not going more than five innings and giving up one run. And you're right. I mean, if you're not going to score any runs for Frankie Montas, how do you expect him to get a win? I mean, the offense is down in baseball everywhere, except the Yankees, because Aaron Judge except is carrying. Except Marlins. Last, last time we saw COVID-19 Marlins, they scored 11 runs. I mean, the team I told everyone that's going to make the playoffs this year still got the I mean, best winning that, percentage does, in the division. Does that just tell you everything you need to know? I mean, this is an this is a is a horrible disease uh, virus. I mean, it's awful. But like in so many of these young people that you read about, they don't even feel it. So you had a bunch of guys playing in that game, right? And they scored 11 runs. That's the last time we saw the Marlins. They scored 11 runs. And they're back playing tonight, right? I, I want to say they are because the Cardinals are supposed to play today against Detroit. But they – or was it tomorrow? But they postponed the entire four-game series because the Cardinals now have like 13 members test po- – uh, people and staff and players test positive now. Uh, the Has Marlins – has it been confirmed that they had guys go to the casino? I haven't seen a, a, a confer- like a confirmation, but like I saw it's been reported a few times. Like Jerry Harrison had it over the weekend. Yeah. And I want to say John Heyman maybe tweeted something about it earlier, but I don't know if it was actually like that's what really happened. Like where we've been hearing about the Marlins with the hotel bar in Atlanta when they're there for the exhibition. Uh, the, or- the Marlins play tomorrow against the surprising Baltimore Orioles who are 5-3 and three after sweeping the Rays. They're playing a double dip, right? Seven innings? Uh, tomorrow, let me double check. Somebody's going to start They're going to start playing some double headers, which seven inning double headers are going to be great. Well, we saw our first one yesterday. Reds in, in uh, Detroit. Reds won both games. Trevor Bauer went the distance in game two. The Reds almost, blo- the Reds almost lost game one because uh, your guy, Nicholas Castellanos, can't catch a fly ball in right field. He dropped a routine fly ball and three runs scored because he misplayed it. You, they they yeah, got you, they got to move you, into DH. You uh, well that would be great for the Reds. The fact that they added him and then now you get the DH and you're you're going to get the DH full time because what is it? What's his all time defensive WAR minus seven something like that? You sent uh, that to me minus uh, seven point four. I, I actually did some deep diving on him because I have a buying or selling question on him. He is not good defensively. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not paying him to be Dave Winfield. Okay, I'm not paying him to be Willie Mays. I'm paying him to swing the bat. I think I'm trying to where the stat is. Yeah, he has an OPS plus right now of 264. I don't know if that's any good. He has a career WAR of 10.4, but he has a, a negative 7.4 defensive WAR. So his WAR would be a lot higher if you knew how to play a little bit of defense. I'm not paying him to play defense. 
And now that there's a DH, I would tell him don't even bring a glove to the ballpark. And, and if you look at uh, defensive runs saved over the past three years, this is from the Bill James handbook. Mookie Betts is plus 66 defensive runs saved in right field. Can you guess what Castellanos is in right field in the last three years? It's got to be a negative, right? Negative 35. <laughs> Just think about Why that. Why would you even put him out there? <laughs> and it, I mean, I, I don't, I don't get it. it. It's just, but because they're having a, they're having um, Babe Ruth, uh, Aristides Aquino, DH right now because he's, I don't think he's a very good outfielder either. He can't be worse. No, well, he, he's only played not even a full season yet in the majors. Remember, he had the huge, uh, what, like two or three months last year with the Reds, and then. Than the first what week and a half of this year, yeah, he can't be worse than than Castellanos right now, and he's only no, twenty. Castellanos is twenty eight, and he's that bad in the outfield. Coming up next, we'll hook up with Robbie Grossman in the Pacific Northwest right here on A's Cast Live. Now back to A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. All righty. Robbie Grossman has had a very good start of the season, of course, two two days ago. Had the big double in the 10th inning. I mean, he's he's played himself into a situation to where Bob Melvin's got to play him. He's hitting 304. He's driving in runs. He's made a lot of loud contact. That's the deal. You play yourself into the lineup. The players, as they say, make the lineup. You hit, you play. You don't hit, I don't know what's going to happen. But earlier today, from the hotel, being safe, we got a chance to talk to A's left fielder, a guy who has a love-hate relationship with StatCast. Never heard that before. Here's my conversation with Robbie Grossman. Well, the last time we talked to him was down at spring training. Now he's up in Seattle. The A's are looking to take three of four from the Seattle Mariners. Robbie, how are you in the Pacific Northwest? I'm doing great. I'm doing great and uh, looking forward to to uh, taking the series today and winning three out of four. You know, some guys have come out of the gate and they've struggled. Some haven't. You haven't. What do you think has been the key to your early success? Um, I made a couple of adjustments in my swing uh, during spring training. And then uh, when I went home for the quarantine, I continued to <clears throat> continue to work on them. And uh, I got I work out with Jed Lowry in the offseason and in the whole time in the quarantine, I got to spend a lot of time with him picking his brain and hitting with him. And uh, he's really uh, instilled some things in my routine that have really um, paid off early for me and uh, just looking to continue doing those things in my routine and sticking to my plan and uh, continue to, to try to get better. By the way, how is Jed doing? Uh, I haven't talked to him as of late, um, but um, he, he looked, he, he uh, I spent time with him in the office in the quarantine, like I said, and uh, we were working on our, our craft and he was just sharing things with me that he uh, just worked for him and, and I've tried to adopt those into my uh, pregame uh, routine. Well, that and, and people don't understand. That is the tough thing about being a switch hitter is you have to maintain two swings. I mean, most guys just got to maintain one swing. You got to maintain two. Talk about how tough that is on a daily basis. 
Uh, baseball is a grind. Um, and the, the only thing you can re- kind of revert to is, is ask guys who've been through it and have done this for a long time, i.e. Jed Lowry, and, um, and, and just try to pick their brain and, and see what works and say, hey, when, when this is going wrong, what do I do? Or this is going wrong, what do you do? What do you, what do you look for? What do you try to feel? And, uh, and as someone that's had as much success as Jed, and so he's, he's really been able to help me on some of the aspects that I was lacking in um, in previous years. And, uh, and it's really, uh, helped out, helped me out and I'm looking forward to continuing to get better at it and continue to build on the success, early success of that. You know, I've been getting my golf game going again here as we've had a lot of time off and I have mm-hmm. such a love hate relationship with my swing. There's sometimes I love it. There's sometimes I hate it, and I just want to throw my clubs in, into the lake. What is it like for you with both your swings? You have a, a love hate relationship with your swings. Um, I think more so. Um, being quite just the golf, it's just that one shot that keeps you coming back, or that one swing that keeps you coming back, and believe in your routine. And uh, it's it's something that um, even on the bad days, you got to stick with your routine. And uh, I think that's the biggest part about being a pro and playing at this level is is believing in the work that you do before the game more than more so than the results you get some days and uh, believe that you're doing the right thing and believe in the process. You know, it's a it's, it's a weird situation that we have now in extra innings where all of a sudden there's a guy on second base and everybody's got to deal with it. And of course, you came up with in uh, two nights ago. You came up with the big double. What was that? What What's the scenario like when, you know, you're coming up, there's already a runner on second, and, and you deliver. I mean, that was big. Um, just uh, being prepared for the situation, um, knowing that there's a chance to hit in that spot, and uh, knowing who we're facing. And like I said, I, I did all my work before the bat, and when I got up there, it was just time to react and get a good pitch and just react. And, and uh at, at playing at this level, that's all you can that's all you can trust is is you know you put in the work, you know what the guy's gonna do to you, you know how he's gonna attack you, and uh just go up there and react. So what is it like now? Because I know, you know, before the pandemic, there were restrictions about going up and watching video, there was restrictions on what you could do, and I know they they, they now don't want you guys doing certain things because of the pandemic. So as a pinch hitter and you know that, okay, there's a chance that I could be coming up. Are you able to hit in a cage? Are you able to go hit off a tee? Like, like how are you able to prepare? Yes, uh, so that's all the same. You're allowed to hit in the cage. But uh, the only thing that we've really – it's really uh, been different is you're not allowed to go to the video room at all, either before or after the game or during the game. So that is uh, – that's the difference. And uh, it's something we're going to adjust. Just like the guy on second base starting the extra innings, um, we all are going to adjust to it and make the best of it. You know, I get the sense, and, and I'm at home, right? I'm like, I can't come to the ballpark. We're, we're doing everything remotely. Like, everything's a road game for us. But I, I get the sense of the intensity of every single game. You only got 60 games. You got you to win it. You got to win as many as you can. You can't give any up. Uh, what's the sense like for the player, like the urgency for you guys? Um, I think I think uh, with all we're dealing with, with uh, every day, um, some kind of new regu- restrictions coming out, something new is happening in other teams. 
Um, I think I think the best way to do it is just know that we have 60 games and every day is a new day and every day is a new challenge and uh, you put your best foot forward every single day and that's that's all you can control. You can't control what's, what's going to happen out on the field. All you can do is just put the work in and, and believe in the process. So do you guys, have you guys talked about like the Marlins as reports come out that these guys, when they went to Atlanta, some guys went out to the bars, some guys were hanging out the hotel bar. Um, then there's reports about what guys with the Cardinals were doing. I know you guys have been pretty much staying in the hotel, but has there been any, any conversation since we've had a couple outbreaks where you say, guys, we got to not break protocol? Um, I think more so uh... – can't control what's going on on other teams um all we can control is and and learn from other teams is hey this is this is our livelihood we have to do everything right we have to put these restrictions in place so we can play the season so we can get to our ultimate goal is is winning the world series and and we're just gonna have to adjust and these are things that we're gonna have to do and overcome and and uh, make adjustments too to, to to get to where we want to be, and that's a team thing, and we all have to be on the same page. You know, I think about your guys' bullpen, the way it started out. Uh, the ERA for your bullpen this year is one point eight three. They've been absolutely fantastic. Just talk about what they've been able to do, especially with starters not going deep in games. Um, man, um, you look down there. Even in the inter squad games, we had so many. We get to face all these guys. And uh, just facing the guys during the inner squad games, we were just like, man, we got a lot of arms down there. Man, if we get if we get a lead and we get our bullpen in, we know we're going to be in a good spot, and um, which has proved to be the case uh, early on. You know, I think about your offense, which has struggled. There's no question. But if you could match the offense with the pitching, especially the bullpen, how lethal could you guys be? I think everyone knows uh, what kind of team we have, and uh, just, uh, we, it's yes, there's aspects of the game that hasn't been there yet, but our bullpen has been there to, to really solidify us in the beginning, and uh, and our bats will come around. We have some superstars on our team, and and they're just they're a click away, and and once it once this thing starts rolling all together, watch out. You know, the last two days, you saw the starters go deeper. And I just got this feeling in this 60-game season, if you're able to get, let's say, six innings for your starter, I bet most teams will win that game. Just what is it like for you guys when you actually have a starter give you length? Uh, it's great. Um, and you know every starter that goes out there, that's their plan, is to, is to give – put up six, seven, as many innings as they can. And uh, once your starter gives you the quality start like Bass gave us yesterday, it's really – and then we get to hand the ball over the bullpen. It speaks volumes. Let's end on this. I know the fan base is really excited. How about you as players? How excited are you to watch Jesus Lazardo start tomorrow? I mean, um, I – I've gotten the chance to have seen him more than the public has and see him more than a lot of, a lot of other teams have. Um, it's a, he's a special young man. Um, obviously very talented, wants to get better, wants to be the best. Um, and this is just the beginning of his career and, and, uh, he's going to impress a lot of people and I wish him nothing but the best. And, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch him grow up and 
watch the career he's going to have. Hey, great stuff as always. We appreciate it. Good luck against the Mariners and then uh, coming back home for another homestand. So be well, be safe, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I like him. He's a good dude. And uh, he's gotten off to a very good start. So that um, somebody, somebody's got to get off to a good start, right? <laughs> got to have somebody who can help you score some runs. Yeah, it's, I'm glad to see him playing well because as a guy that I actually got to follow the uh, very beginnings of his career because uh, what team drafted him? That's right, the Pirates drafted Robbie Grossman. And then he goes to Minnesota, and then he, go, he has his best year, I think, in Houston. And then he's with Houston for a while, and then he comes to the A's, and he's been a great defense. I mean, he was a Gold Glove finalist last year and uh, in the outfield. So it's, it's good to see him off to a great start with the, with the bat as a switch hitter because, you know, you know as you mentioned in the interview, it, it's hard to maintain both swings. And Jed Lowry was great at it. And now we're seeing kind of Jed's career kind of, you know, on the back nine, might, maybe on the 18th green right now because of what's going on with his knee. But Robbie's off to a great start, and it's good to see because you're right. Uh, somebody has to hit in that lineup, and uh, you won over the home run numbers in the lineup today. I think they all have uh, – all the home runs combined in the lineup uh, might be still less than what Aaron Judge already has this year. So, hopefully tonight against Justice Sheffield, the A's offense starts taking off because Sheffield's still a little erratic as a uh, young left-handed pitcher who they got in a deal for, the big maple, James Paxson, who still can't get out of the, get, uh, get out of the first thing without giving up runs. That's still a problem for him. So we'll see what the A's offense can do tonight in the finale against the Mariners. Yeah, you, you, you got to win these games. You got to take three or four from bad teams. This is not a good team. This is a team that's not winning. Uh, they're another team that if they played 162 games, they would lose 100 games or more. I just uh, losing to, you know, and everybody's got a shot. We knew that going in, but I still – I'm still going to do the uh, – if you're playing the Orioles, if you're playing the Tigers, you're playing the Royals, you're playing the Mariners, you're playing any of the bad teams, you should beat them two out of three, three out of four. I'm still I'm still sticking by that. Don't tell the Rays that. Huh? Don't tell the Rays that versus Baltimore. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, <laughs> that right there, they've lost how many in a row now, the Rays? Four? I think it's four, and that's the first time the Orioles swept the Rays since 2016. Coincidentally, last time the Rays had a complete game as a, as a starting rotation. So that's crazy. That's been four. It, that was the Orioles' first three game sweep since 2018. They didn't sweep one series last year. As bad as they were, they didn't sweep one series. So, yeah, the Rays have lost four straight to the team that everyone, including myself, thought could challenge the Yankees in that division. They're four and six right now. They're not the, they're not the Red Sox bad, but they're, they're four and six is not a good start for. The Rays and Charlie Morton hasn't looked that great either as the number one pitcher for them. So they they got to get their pitching together and uh, hopefully get on a winning streak if they want to try to keep pace with the Yankees who have only lost one game all year. Hey, if the Rays end up being bad, are you kidding me? One less team to worry about. Especially yeah, that you lose, bullpen. You lose four in a row. I, I don't want to hear four in a row. And uh, I want to hear you lose four in a row. It's early. No, that's like a that's like a twelve game losing streak. That's why the A's need to win the second game of this series and the third game of this series and now the fourth game of this series. 
you know, the Yankees are starting to, you know, we said it's going to be tough to get some separation. Well, the Yankees are starting to get some separation to where uh, you've had a couple late inning wins, some extra inning wins two days in a row. Uh, or did they split? So the Astros won yesterday in extra innings. Didn't they win the day before two in extra innings? I'm pulling it no, up. No, right. I think they lost. They lost. Yeah, they lost. That, they lost in tenth inning. Yeah, because if we, I'm looking at the standings right now, and if if we were doing angel talk, and you're three and seven, what does three and seven project for a sixty game schedule? Uh, probably missing the playoffs because the teams right now that are three and seven, you got Boston at three and seven. Uh, the Royals are three and seven. Uh, the New York Metropolitans are three and seven. And the only other team with Arizona is three and seven. That's a surprise. And the Pirates are two and seven, which everyone expected them to be bad, including myself. So there's the teams with seven losses already. The Yankees already have a four game lead on the Rays in the AL East. Four game lead, seven and one. They're four and six. It's a it's a four game lead already for the Yanks over the over the Rays, and it's two games over surprising Baltimore, five and three. So the Yankees have won six in a row. I mean, that's impressive. Yeah, and they have a plus 14 run differential, which is even better. Because you don't know what the rotation is going to be like after Garrett Cole, Big Maple, James Paxton, and Tanaka, and J.A. Happ. Or J.A. Happ, sorry. It's just you never know what you're going to get after Cole, and that's going to be their Achilles heel all year. And, you know, they're going to get Chapman back in the back end of their rotation. you got Chad Green still. Tommy Canely's a big loss to them because he's having Tommy John, I think, and Adovino. They, they're they going to be fine. I think everyone knows that. But to see Baltimore there 5-3 and three, with the Yankees winning six in a row, Baltimore's won three in a row, which that's that's even more impressive. Actually, the Rays have lost five straight. By the way, do you know at six in a row in a 60-game season what that really means? Is that like 19 wins almost? 16.2 wins in a row. Yeah, well, like I said, the Rays have lost five straight, not four. So, five in a row the Rays have lost. That's bad. That is bad, my friend. That is bad. But you know what? I mean, whew, it's just uh, it's a sprint. Every game, like, I'm, I'm on the edge. Of, I will say this. I'm on the edge of my seat every game, the way the A's have been playing. Like, you know, the tying run was on base – with Liam Hendricks in the ninth inning yesterday. I mean, one swing of the bat got them their run. So, with two outs, Tony Kemp walked. Marcus Simeon got an infield base hit. And then Loriano hit the three-run shot. That's it. That's all they did offensively. And then the Mariners, they scored in the first. Then they got the jack from Lewis in the eighth. and. Long got the base hit off Liam, got to second base, and luckily Liam got the two strikeouts to end the game. But these games are just nail biters. That's why I said, you know, you know what I want today? I want I want a blowout. I want to be able to sit on my couch and just enjoy the game. I want a no doubter. I want a nine one, ten two. I want something like that. I want to, I just, I, so in my scorebook, since we're going to be looking to help people keep score, and I think that's going to be a real fun event. 
Does everybody, everybody does their scorekeeping differently. Everybody does it differently. And we were talking about this with Ray Fossey, you know, like, what do we do now with the runner and extra innings? How do you score that? So if you've wanted to learn how to keep score of an A's game, you're going to get your opportunity to learn how to keep score the right way versus making it up like I do. It's a virtual video class hosted by an MLB official scorekeeper, which I do believe will be friend of the program and A's historian, David Feldman. For just $25, a donation to the Oakland A's Community Fund, you can join us for our scorekeeping 101 class. Visit athletics.com slash community corner for details. That's athletics.com slash community corner. Remember, everything is athletics.com slash bump. So it's athletics.com slash A's cast. It's athletics.com slash community corner. If that's what it's always going to be when you're looking for stuff. I might do that. Cody, you don't keep score, do you? I haven't kept score since I coached baseball nine years ago. I might. I, I'm going to look this. I'm going to go to athletics.com slash community corner and look to see what I'm doing wrong. I think I'm pretty good at it because I've been doing it for so many years. But once again, everybody's got, you know, how does an MLB official scorekeeper, how do they do it? And that's where. I, I, I have legitimate questions. Like, where do you put the runner in your scorebook? What I've been doing, like, if Matt Chapman is the last out in the ninth, I go over and put the runner where he would, so, because he's now the runner, so I go over and put him there. Uh, and then my other thing, it's just, it's a pet peeve, is Marcus Simeon's playing right field, and he, and he gets a ground ball, throws a guy out of first base, and you got to score at 6-3. Well, he wasn't playing shortstop. He was playing right field. So maybe I am going to do that. By the way, have you ever wondered what it would sound like Vin Scully reading a grocery list? Because some people have said, I love listening to Vin so much, I'd listen to him read the phone book. I'd listen to him read a grocery list. Well, it finally has happened. Do you have this ready, Cody? Uh, I do. This is great. Well, Vin Scully, Scully, the greatest sports broadcaster of all time. You could make he's on he's on your Mount Rushmore. Here he is getting ready for the grocery store. Well, let's see. We've got a dozen eggs, a quart of milk, a loaf of bread, a can of frozen orange juice, six small white onions, a green pepper, garlic powder, a package of American cheese, pickles, kosher, that is bananas, cornflakes, maple syrup, toothpaste. Paper towels, toilet paper, six bars of soap, hot dogs, quarter pound of chopped meat, steak, lamb chops, package of spaghetti, three apples, bologna, cottage cheese, a pound of butter, two ears of corn, beer, ketchup, peanut butter, soy sauce, and a half a pound of coffee. <laughs> bologna. I love I love the way he said it. Bologna. And, and he's getting beer. Vince still drinking beer. I love it. Coming up next, you're going to hear from the skipper, Bob Melvin, right here on A's Cast Live. Some things just go together. Peanut butter and jelly. Cookies and milk. Oakland and Kaiser Permanente. 
If that last one caught you off guard, it shouldn't, because Kaiser Permanente has been helping keep Oakland healthy since our very beginning. And as the official healthcare partner of the Oakland A's, that won't be changing anytime soon. Whatever you may need, you can trust Kaiser Permanente to help keep you feeling your best. Kaiser Permanente. Thrive. Visit kp.org today. You don't need to understand how available adaptive variable suspension works or how pre-collision cameras detect pedestrians in low light. You don't need to understand any of the craft that went into the Lexus ES to feel it. With outstanding connectivity and standard Lexus Safety System Plus 2.0, experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. LSS Plus 2.0 and the pre-collision system with pedestrian detection are not a substitute for safe and attentive driving practices. See owner's manual for additional limitations and details. COVID-19 is more than a health crisis. It's a financial crisis for many California families. In this moment, you shouldn't have to worry about keeping the lights on. That's why at PG&E, we want you to know about our programs to reduce bills for customers facing economic hardship, that we've suspended all disconnections because of non-payment, and we can help you save money by using less energy. To learn more, visit safetyactioncenter.pge.com. Where will you go first? Will it be familiar streets? Or perhaps unknown roads? Wherever you may go, Lexus will welcome you back with exceptional offers on exceptional vehicles. Find out all the ways a Lexus can be yours at Lexus.com. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. This is Chris Townsend. If you're looking for a new mattress, look no further than my friends at nestbedding.com. That's nestbedding.com. You'll get the ultimate mattress for your needs. And green and gold fans, right now, if you use the coupon code Oakland, you'll get 10% off your entire order. That's use the coupon Oakland to get an entire 10% off your order. Remember, nestbedding.com, America's favorite online mattress brand with stores around the Bay Area and around the country. You need a new mattress? You go to nestbedding.com. Hi, I'm Kathy Adams, president of the Oakland African American Chamber of Commerce. As the impact of COVID-19 grows, OAACC believes it is important that the African American community hears directly from us in regards to mitigation efforts you may enact it to reduce the risk to your family and loved ones. Recent data reveals African Americans are dying from COVID-19 at disproportionate rates than other groups. Experts cite diabetes, hypertension, heart disease, and lung disease as factors. It is imperative that we institute safeguard measures listed on the OAACC website. We will be conducting virtual forums with African-American experts sharing how we must conduct ourselves during this pandemic. OAACC has taken up the mantle to be caretakers for our community. Visit us at OAACC.org. Hi, this is Shamanaya. Shamanaya has no hit the Red Sox. And you're listening to A's Cast, your 24-7 destination for A's baseball. Well, we got a chance to hook up with the skipper for the second Bob Melvin show of 2020, of course, brought to you by nestbedding.com. Here is Bob. 
It's now time for the Bob Melvin Show here on A's Cast Live and A's Cast, brought to you by nestbedding.com. That's nestbedding.com. Love where you sleep. Don't forget, use the coupon code Oakland, and you'll get 10% off your entire order. So if you need a mattress, you need bedding, you go to nestbedding.com. We head to the Pacific Northwest. Skip, how you doing to start the season? I'm doing all right. You know, we had a little better early series and, you know, against the Angels and kind of hit a hit a bad stretch here the last three games. But, you know, that's what baseball is all about. Come with with the focus of winning today and, and getting on a roll. What does it feel like these games from a standpoint of what it normally feels like in 162 games to now you just have 53 games left? Correct. And, and, and everybody's aware of that. So, you know, you don't, you don't want to press if you haven't gotten off to a great start offensively. We do have a bunch of guys with some track records. We do have different ways to beat you in the interim, although we haven't played very well the last three games. But I think more than anything, it's the uncomfortableness of, of just what's all that's going on. I mean, we're, you know, you come out, there's no fans, not that you can't create your own excitement, but fans are such a big part of it so you have to get used to that then you have to get used to all the protocol which nobody's been perfect about and when your mind you know you're you're doing things on autopilot for so many years you just you know and then all of a sudden you have to think about these things there's just a lot going on right now so uh, not any different for any of the other teams you know everybody has has to deal with it as well but it's still kind of uncomfortable um, and hopefully the farther we get along, the more comfortable we get with it. You know, we haven't had this conversation yet, but I, I've been asking people this question that this may be the toughest championship to ever be won in baseball history because everything that's going on. You have a pandemic. Uh, you're traveling around the country. Uh, you're going to be in a playoff scenario with 16 teams. We've never done that before. So, you know, at first people said, should this have an asterisk? And I'm an asterisk. You know how hard it's going to be to win this World Series with everything going on? True. And that's, yeah, with all the health things and, and obviously, you know, COVID's going to play a, a role in it, as you're seeing right now. It is. It's, it's unlike anything we've, we've seen before. And on top of all that, it's a shorter schedule and a longer postseason. So, yes, you are, you're exactly right about that. Do you feel safe? Yeah, you know, our guys are really diligent. Um, I mean, it, it, there, there's a chance you can be diligent and still not uh, be perfect. So in that respect, I, you know, we, we started at home and, and felt really comfortable there. We had our spring, our camp 2.0 there. We had our first six games there. You know, we, we felt good. Once you get on on the road, it's a little bit of a different feeling. And, you know, going into another city and reading about some of the some of the things that have gone on uh, with teams that have been on the road. So there's a heightened awareness uh, that something could happen more so on the road, you know, when when you when you start out at home like we did. So, yeah, I, I feel I feel safe, but you just never know when something can pop up. Yeah, I mean, you can be unlucky and I wish the media would really report uh, what's going on, you know, because because. They've tried to make it seem like, oh, my God, COVID's rampant in baseball. And the reality is some of the Miami Marlins went out partying. And now 
Jerry Harrison Jr., friend of the program who works around the Dodgers, he's saying some of the Cardinal guys went to a casino. So the teams that are doing it right are not having COVID outbreaks and the team and, and these two teams that haven't that have broken protocol. I mean, until we I I'm not sure if we totally know everything, but I wish we'd realize that most people in baseball are doing things the right way. They are. And you, you're seeing so many teams with with no positives at all, um, you know, and, and we're we're one of those teams, you know, once once the season started, we got Lizardo back. So we're 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 very aware. We talk about it a lot. Uh, we talk about it in the clubhouse. It, there's constant chatter about that, which creates the awareness. And, and I, you know, since we've been here, I haven't gone anywhere but the ballpark. So um, I think that's the way to, to probably do it, especially on the road, uh, if you are going to be as safe as you possibly can. You know, the reality is with Chris Davis, as is he struggled last year, we were expecting a fresh start. He gets out to a slow start here, hasn't gotten a hit yet. How do you get your slugger back on track? That's probably the, the most difficult decision right now is, you know, guys with track records, you want to give a little more leeway to, and, and nobody has a better track record than him. You know, part of what happened last year and, and you know, being injured and then trying to make some mechanical adjustments and then, you know, make, make an adjustment after adjustment. When you're that good and you struggle, it's a lot harder than somebody that is not that good and struggles. So it weighs on you harder. He wants to be there for his team. He wants to be that guy that, you know, can carry a team. And and to this point, it, it's been a struggle for him, and he's been pressing some. So, you know, we'll, we'll get him some lefty matchups here to start. Hopefully all it takes is one or two good games to get him back and jog that memory about how good he is. Uh, but that's a tough one because, you know, if this is a 162-game season, he'd probably be getting a little bit more rope right now. Yeah, I think about the four losses. You're just two for 25 with runners in scoring position. So, to in all fairness, it's just not Chris. I mean, a lot of no guys doubt. started out slow. Correct. Yeah, he's not the Lone Ranger as far as that goes. Um, so, yes, we, we you know we will try some different things, a little different combinations today. We still have what we feel like is a really deep lineup um, and one that, we feel like it's one of the better American leagues. I look up yesterday when I was looking at our stats, we were 14th across the board out of 15 teams in offense. And that kind of shocked me a little bit, but again, you know, it was, it was six games worth last night. We weren't great again, but uh, I think everybody here still, still feels like we're going to come out of this. And when we do, we can, we'll come out of it uh, big time. Yeah. I think you see stamina issues around the league with starting pitchers. And I think, Sean and I is a great example of that where he's just hell on wheels for the first three innings in that fourth inning. It's just not the same. Do they, do you chalk it up to the, the, the short summer camp and a lot of these guys weren't, weren't able to uh, extend those innings like they normally do at the end of spring training. I do. And it's, you know, it falls off in a hurry and that's something we have to be cognizant of. And, and, you know, I pulled the plug pretty quickly on him yesterday um, based on that, because, you know, we're watching velos, we're watching swings. Early in the game, that's the best stuff we've had. Um, and then it, then it dropped off pretty quickly. So uh, that's probably going to happen with a number of starters that haven't had pitch counts up that high. Um, and that's why you have, you know, a, a deep-built bullpen and, and a lot of guys in the bullpen at this point. So uh, some guys will be a little ahead of others. You know, we hope uh, next time around, Frankie Montas, who pitched really good, gave us five innings, can go six or seven, and 
and take some of the pressure off the bullpen. But that that's something that, that all teams are having to deal with right now. You know, I can tell you right now with the post game show, I'm starting to get the sense that everybody thinks that Jesus Lazardo is Sandy Koufax and he's going to lead everybody to the promised land. And, you know, I've really been looking at, I mean, obviously his stuff is just phenomenal, but from his minor league days to where he's now, he really hasn't pitched all that much in his career, especially when you get Tommy John that early. So what is your game plan? Do you, would you like, what do you think you can get out of him as a starter? Is, is it going to be, you can let him go or do you think it's maybe three, four innings? No, I think next time out we could potentially look at, you know, upwards of 75, 80 pitches. He did get into the 60s the last time out, and his stuff did not fall off. The velo was still there the same uh, as it was uh, earlier in the game. So, you know, like I said, I think 75 pitches somewhere around there, depending on how he goes about it. If he's economical, that could potentially get him five plus. Um, so that's the way we look at it with him. But but he's one guy that that, you know, after about the 40 pitch mark, uh, the stuff is not falling off and the velo remains the same. You know, for you, I think it's got to be tough. Like in the beginning when you thought, oh, we got expanded rosters. But but with expanded rosters means more players and it's hard to get people playing time. What's that juggling act like for you? Yeah, that's hard, especially on the position player. And you know with the pitching staff that guys are going to get innings. And everybody has. It's the position players and especially with a team that you know, for a couple of years now has established themselves. We don't hit as much as pinch hit as much as we did in the past when these guys were coming up. So we have, you know, upwards of six or seven spots where we don't pinch hit. And, and that's even before you get to Sean Murphy, who's got the ability to hit the ball, the ballpark who we pinch hit for a couple of times, whether it's leading off an inning or something like that. So, um, you know, it's just a little bit different now. And, and, the, you know, the guys that have suffered the most have been, Seth Brown and, and Franklin Barreto to this point because uh, Pinder got off to a, a really good camp and and uh, you know had some impact with bats early games. So those are the two guys that are the hardest to get in there. You know, we talked about in spring training about getting out to a hot start. I mean, obviously we didn't know uh, we were going to have a shortened season with the pandemic when we were talking about that. But after losing three in a row, you're three and four. But really, the good news is, looking forward, the Astros are just four and three. Seattle's four and four. It's like in this 60-game schedule, Bob, it's going to be really tough for anybody to run away with it. So it seems like you guys are going to be probably grouped together for a while here. Yeah, it does. And that's, that, that is a, a silver lining and that, you know, you feel like, you know, after three and one, we've lost three in a row and it feels, uh, feels awful, but again, you look at some of the other teams in the standings and no one's really running away with anything. You know, Tampa's lost three in a row, I think. And I think uh, maybe the Yankees have only had one loss They're, You know, even if one team gets up and runs away from everybody else, gets off to an incredible start, it really doesn't affect, uh, you know, a lot of the other teams. So uh, that, that is something that I looked at today and, and kind of took a deep breath on. Just when you're looking around these ballparks and you're seeing these cutouts and they're piping in the crowd noise and it's just, just what is it like for you? Uh, you they're doing the best they can to try to create some kind of an atmosphere, but it's, it's not really an atmosphere. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's like anything else. They're, they're just trying to fill up what would be complete silence. And I applaud you know, all the teams kind of doing a little bit differently and 
Some have more cutouts than others. Some have louder noises. I think everything along the way will, you know, you, you'll try to, to be more and more creative and, and so forth. But the fact of the matter is that fans are such a big part of this game. Certainly our fan base is so important to us at home. It's just not there, and that's a dynamic everybody has to get used to. Well, good luck the rest of the week in the Pacific Northwest, and I uh, can't wait to have you guys back home. Yeah, we're looking forward to that, so hopefully we can finish it up strong here in Seattle. It's the Bob Melvin Show here on A's Cast Live and A's Cast, presented by nestbedding.com. That's nestbedding.com. Love where you sleep. Use the coupon code Oakland to get 10% off your entire order. The Bob Melvin Show. By the way, how hot is it today, Cody? I got in my car. It was pretty steamy. It was like 88 degrees. And it's summertime, right? It's August. It's summertime. Everywhere in the country, just about, it's hot. Where's the one place that is not hot in the country in the summertime? Seattle. No, Seattle's supposedly been beautiful. Yeah, actually, it was nice when I went there a couple of years ago. It's not warm in the summertime. I, that's a great question. I don't know. I don't. I haven't. I haven't traveled a lot of the country, so. Uh, that's called San Francisco. Oh, that's and true. Harding Park is going to be hosting a major, the PGA Championship, and I just saw this from one of the golf riders. Forget any yardages. Seventy-two hundred here is like. Uh, 7,600 anywhere else because it's cold and breezy and feels like March. They got a picture of guys. They're all in, they're all in jackets and sweaters. <laughs> that is literally how far is that from my head? I mean, like people don't understand just like the weather is better in the fall in San Francisco. That was one of the reasons uh, years ago, like a lot of people don't even know this. Harding Park from here is a 48-minute drive. It says it's 46 minutes or 46 miles. Yeah, 40 miles away, it, it's it's foggy, breezy, drizzling. Everywhere else in the Bay Area, it's beautiful. It's one of the reasons. Probably you probably got. I don't even know if you know this. Do you know that the Giants tried to move to San Jose, Cody? Uh, no, um, I'm assuming it's before yeah. they moved to downtown or moved to Third and King. No, 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 no. They tried to before before they were leaving to become the uh, San Francisco Rays as they were <laughs> one foot out the door and Peter McGowan saved them. They had not one, but they had two votes to come down to San Jose because they weren't going to be able to get anything from San Francisco. So that's how the whole territorial rights, the A's gave the Giants the territorial rights. And then when they didn't get San Jose, the A's weren't smart and took back the territorial rights. And the Giants kept it and claimed that they needed it to help privately finance their ballpark. And next thing you know, the A's didn't realize that Silicon Valley was going to grow up to be. Well, they did. And the A's tried to move down there. And then the Giants blocked it. Yeah, I didn't know that. And remember, Mark Twain had a great quote. The coldest winter I ever spent was a summer in San Francisco. That's all you need to know. My college yeah, professor was telling me that before I moved if, out here. If, if Dave Cavill can get this new ballpark built, both of our Bay Area teams will be playing in cold weather. In this, It's going to be colder down there. It's going to be colder. In the, you're going to be right on the bay and the wind, and it's just it's going to be colder. 
So two of the coldest spots in the Bay Area is where where our two baseball teams are going to be. <laughs> well, if, I don't I don't I don't know how much how many Giants highlights you've seen from their series against the Padres and who they just played the Rangers this past weekend. But uh, Oracle Park is small now. I've seen right-handed hitters take the ball out to right center. Uh, Joey Gallo hit a ball into the into the uh, or into uh, where Triples Alley is now as a home run like that. They moved the fences in a little bit and got rid of the. Uh, the Kale Garden and put the bullpens out in the outfield. That that's kind of more of a hitter's ballpark. Well, uh, especially they at night. said something. They said something about you know where the uh, the scoreboard, the automated scoreboard is. Like they've closed that, so it's less of a breeze. I don't know. I don't care. Uh, can we can we can we play a rod? This is this is reason number one hundred and five why to hate Alex Rodriguez. You see Urshela right here who's a future gold glover, checks the runner, and then a strike to first base. The best defensive third baseman in the American League. You're looking at him right there. That's a firm statement. That now. is, that's firm. That's firm. He made two You know about the guy in Oakland, right? Love him. Love him. I'm seeing Urshela think, do things that I haven't seen third basemen do before now. Chapman's great. I love him. Love his arm. Love everything about him. But what this young man is doing, it's unbelievable. So basically, Alex Rodriguez doesn't watch a lot of baseball. And his play-by-play guy has to call him on it. You realize the guy in Oakland not only has won two gold gloves, he's won the platinum glove twice. That's for the best defender in the league. and. A-Rod just got called out. And if you're watching that and you know anything about baseball, now the average person's not going to care, which I understand. But if you know anything about baseball, you know that 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 is that is a dumb statement. When a guy has won the platinum gold glove, I mean the platinum glove twice, not only has he beat Urshela in the gold glove, he's beaten everybody in the platinum glove. And his defensive run saves, Mark, is so blows everybody else out of the water. I can't even believe he made that statement. That I mean, that is just. Uh, let's get to buying or selling. Enough on it. Well, no, but, I I got numbers for that quickly. Uh, Joe Urshela, how many defensive runs saved he had last year? No clue. One. Uh, Matt Chapman, thirty-four. How many errors did Urshela have last year? Thirteen. Matt Chapman, six. Chapman was number one in baseball in defensive WAR. Urshela was like forty-five. Uh, that's that's, that's that comment didn't make no 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 sense at all. So it's a joke. It's time for buying or selling. Sell, sell. Right now with Chris Townsend on A's Cast Live. All right, quickly, I want to get this in before we get to buying or selling. PG&E's frontline workers take the field every day, responding to the needs of our East Bay community. We are happy to honor all the five tool players from PG&E who have shined through the COVID-19 pandemic. Today, we like to honor electric crew foreman and longtime ACE fan, Gary Kelly. Thank you, Gary, for all that you're doing on the front lines for our community. So up next on ACE Caswell, you know, it's A's Mariners, but you'll have A's total access coming up at 515. Uh, you'll hear from Austin Allen with Vince Catronio. You'll hear from Robbie Grossman with you the Bob Melvin show with Ken Korak. So that's all next on Ace Cast. But the first one I want to get to is uh, the Red Sox. 
Now, they are not playing very well this year. Uh, that's where the audio from A-Rod was talking about with the Yankees and Red Sox, who run Sunday Night Baseball uh, 14 times this year in, in the two-month schedule. So the start by, of- by the way, by the way, I heard I heard the whole interview. I can't remember who show it was, but the guy that does oh, it's a buster only. The guy who decides who plays, who doesn't. And supposedly there are rules. And I went, there the Yankees play way more than what these rules say. That's unbelievable. Yeah, I think the Yankees Red Sox are on three times, and then there's an open date at the end of the year where it could be Dodgers, I think it could be Dodgers Astros. Or it could be Yankees Red Sox, and they'll probably go. You know, probably go Yankees Red Sox, even though the Red Sox currently right now are three and seven in last place in the AL East. Yes, the Red Sox are last in the AL East. That means the Orioles are ahead of them. They're actually second at five and three. Now we talked about some of the guys who can be dealt at the trade deadline on August thirty first, but here's a guy we didn't really talk about much. And that's uh, that's JD Martinez. Now he's not having a great start to the year. He still has uh, money on his contract. He'll turn thirty three in August. He'll make nineteen point three million next year and can opt out of his after can opt out after next year, the twenty twenty one season if he wants. Pretty much every Red Sox player besides maybe Rafael Devers and Xander Bogarts will be available. Buying or selling the Red Sox will trade JD Martinez. Well, what's interesting about a guy like JD Martinez in today's baseball, and what I mean today's baseball, I mean twenty twenty is everybody's got a DH. So before his, I mean, before his market was limited. So, you know, you're in a situation where it was only American League team. Well, now you got 29 other teams that possibly could could use him. So the DH, you know, I, I, I'm buying. I mean, Heim Bloom is, is a rebuilder. And maybe he says, I mean, look, he, he let Mookie... He traded Mookie Betts. I mean, I'm not going to be shocked. Would you be shocked if he gets traded? Not at all. He makes too much money. Uh, he can only DH because, uh, well, his uh, career defensive war is negative 9.1. So he can only DH because he's a liability anywhere you put him. But he's a great hitter. Yeah, he's going to turn 33, but he still puts up numbers. He's a great hitter. And he had he turned his career around when he changed his swing a couple years ago. He's been the subject of a lot of books, Swing Kings and... You know, there's a lot of uh, the MVP machine. He's been mentioned in numerous books about the work he's done to change his swing. So I can totally see an NL or AL team going after him this year. And we'll see if the DH sticks for next year. Now, the Reds made a lot of noise this offseason. They signed Wade Miley. They signed Shogo Akiyama, the first Japanese player in franchise history. They signed Moose, Mike Moustakis, who's off to a nice start. And then they also signed a guy you like a lot in doubles machine, Nicholas Castellanos. Now, so far this year, Castellanos is hitting 387 with four homers, 11 RBIs, a 1,343 OPS, and an OPS plus of 264. Is that any good? In his career, Castellanos has a 10.4 war. But why is it so low? Because over the past three years, he has a negative 35 defensive run save in right field, where Mookie Betts, the best, is at plus 66. Now, during game one of their doubleheader versus his old team, Detroit, he botched a routine fly ball that allowed three runs to score and almost cost him the game. In 2019, he had a defensive war of negative 1.5, and his career D war is negative 7.4. Buying or selling, the Reds need to move Nicholas Castellanos to DH. Uh, I do, do you even need to ask me that question? <laughs> no, put him at shortstop. It's just so, I mean, or put him at first base. Votto can't play forever. 
Uh, are, are, do you have one on, on Otani, or do we need we, – we, we should talk about it before we go. Otani's – Otani's in here. Let me, okay, so Sunday, um, Otani pitched the second game of the year, and it didn't go well. He didn't record it. Um, he won an inning in two-thirds, allowed five – he allowed two runs, walked five, and struck out three, and he left the game after, and the Angels ended up losing. Back, they lost in the game – they lost the game, leaving the bases loaded in two innings in a row, an extra inning, so they lost, but – it came out earlier today that Otani has a he has a strain of the uh, pronator mass, so he's going to be out for I think four to six weeks. So it doesn't look like Tommy John, but we'll, we'll see. So four to six weeks, he's traveling with the team to Seattle, and his status as a DH is day to day. Now buying or selling Shohei Otani should be a DH permanently. Uh, I just saw this thing on Twitter that after he got hurt. In 2018, he continued to hit, and he hit 300 with a over a thousand OPS, seven home runs, 18 RBIs in 24 games. So he can hit when he has hurt his elbow. I I I, I think in the end, what you're going to end up doing is getting him healthy and putting him out in the outfield, let him play right field. See, I I like that idea, but I told like I. I mentioned to you earlier, uh, the Angels just caught up Joe Adele. So their outfield now will be Adele, Trout, because I think Trout's supposed to rejoin the team today and play tomorrow. And then Brian. How much, how much, how much is left on Upton's deal? Oh, I forgot about Upton. Uh, let's let me pull up Upton's. I com I completely forgot that Justin Upton was even on the Angels. That's how uh, how memorable his years, but his tenure with the Angels has been. Although he did you hit career home run number three hundred earlier this uh, earlier this week. You may, you may you may you may want to move him, but that contract's probably tough to move. Let's see. He is under contract through 2022. He's making 23 million next year and 28 million in 2022 oh. at age 34. So realistically, you'd have Upton, Trout, and uh, Joe Adele in your outfield, and then you could have Pulhos. He'll probably retire maybe by then. Then you can have Otani DH, but who knows? I wouldn't mind seeing him in the outfield. He has a great arm. Uh, oh, he's fast. He's fast. He's hey, like A's fans, look how bad these contracts are that your organization does not get into. The Upton deal is terrible. The the Hamilton deal was terrible. The Pujols deal is terrible. I, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's not. I rather, I rather have a rotating roster and go to the playoffs than pay a bunch of guys big money and big names and never go to the playoffs. Oh, yeah. I mean. Uh, this is a guy I had in the buying or selling tune. I'll save it because uh, he hasn't really done anything recently, and they're just a mess. But uh, Edwin Diaz is a guy that the, the Mets went after. They were trying to go for it and, and bring another guy in that's, a, you know, had a great year in 2018 with the Mariners. He's been a mess as their closer. So I'd rather have guys that are, you know, on, on rookie contracts or, you know, mid-level deals than guys that you're paying $20, 30000000 million to, i.e. J.D. Martinez and, and the guys at the Red Sox had David Price when he was there. I'd rather have guys that aren't making as much money, and they're they're much better, and they and they're they have a much more camaraderie as a team. The Angels well, don't I, have that. I I think I, I think the reality is is just you have an affection for mid level employees. That's well, I mean, true. As a lower level like employee, you, I mean, it's. I mean, you're you're a mid level. You know, that's that's what you are. Yeah, I. I, I'm I'm excited. I want to see Otani play every day, though. His bat is too good to not be in the lineup every day 
or we're at least finding six out days. he's better as a hitter than he is as a pitcher. Uh, because yes. the best availability, the best ability is availability, and he can't stay healthy. This is two seasons in a row. They knew he had a bad elbow. I feel bad for the kid because he looked electric, but I mean, this is going to be two years of getting nothing out of him as a, as a pitcher. I think you need to start thinking about it, you know. And I can't believe there were scouts who, who said, oh, yeah, he's not, he doesn't have a big league bat. What? Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, seriously. Like, like what? Are, who? Find out that. we? Who are these scouts? Uh, well, I mean, Says, does he have a big league bat? Well, I mean, the same. I, I mean, I, the first thing I was so shocked about was how fast he is for how tall he is. People think he, th- there's people that want to see him race Trout. They think he's almost as fast as Trout. And he's what, 6'5"? Yeah, he's a he's big. And, and Trout, I mean, we all know how fast Trout is because he – and he's just qu- he's quick too, because Trout can still bases, and he doesn't really do it as much as he did when he first came up. But I love that they're both great athletes. The Angels have a lot of good athletes; they just don't have any pitching. They, I hope these aren't the same scouts that were telling them uh, what guys to draft as pitchers, because uh, gotta tell you, the last good Angels starting pitcher, I, I you can tell me, Jared Washburn, Chuck Finley, Jared Weaver, Langston, Jared Jim Weaver, Abbott. Weaver might be the last one, Nolan Ryan. Uh, that's a young Nolan Ryan. So that's it for today. Hey, by the way, uh, Frankie Montas, if he goes seven innings, what do you think happens? Yeah, you'd hope they'd win. Uh, the A's were 16-4 and four last year when a starting pitcher went seven innings. They, Montas, was, uh, he did it twice last year, and the A's were 1-0 and when he went six innings. By so. the way, I was told yesterday I'm on at 5-10. You said 5-15. Well, pre- the game starts at 6-10. So 55 minutes prior will be 515. All right. Uh, enjoy a little – who are you playing here? Bob Melvin. You're playing him again? Yeah, Bob Melvin. That Di- guy? Different audiences. All right. Uh, Bob Melvin is next, and I'll be back, I guess, at 515 with A's Total Access, getting you ready for a little A's baseball. Remember, remember, athletics.com slash A's cast. Book it. We'll see you in 15. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.